Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever been in you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, pure sufferings and death, of your loved Son, Jesus Christ. Be gracious and merciful to me, and for sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a cold and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead, by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. 
from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. And then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Second, an epistle reading is from 1 John, the fifth chapter. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For, the, for there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends, and you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We now confess together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text today for this sixth Sunday of Easter is from the Gospel reading, John the 15th chapter. These words of Jesus toward the end of the Gospel reading where he says, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And again, Jesus says in John 16 also, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This is our text this morning, dear friends in our Lord Jesus. Some years ago, the grandparents of, at that time, my only son, returned from a a trip bearing gifts for their grandson gift that they had found in a gift shop where they had been traveling. It was a t-shirt. They had found a particular t-shirt that had words on it. The print on the shirt was entirely in German. And it said, and Mama and Papa nein sagen, frage ich eben Oma and Opa, which translated means, if Mom and Dad say no, then ask Grandpa and Grandma. And the recipient wore that shirt proudly. I suppose that's the pleasure and the prerogative of being a grandparent. They get to spoil the grandkids. It's also the prized potential for grandchildren, too, knowing that grandpa and grandma love to spoil them. The saying, the little saying on the shirt, that that lighthearted saying, lightheartedly suggests that with grandpa and grandma, the, the sky's the limit for asking, in asking for whatever. Well, when we recall the words of our text for today, it would also seem that the sky is the limit too for us Christians in asking for whatever. For Christ said, didn't he truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever. Whatever you ask, he will give it to you. Now God does not lie. The scripture tells us that. He does not lie, and we hear this, and we would be as wide-eyed children in a toy store ready to embark on our own sort of spiritual shopping spree, holding the hand of our Lord as a grandchild would his grandfather's hand, as we'd walk down that prayerful aisle pointing to this thing there that we'd love to have, that thing over there that we'd also love to own. In fact, make that two of those. What promised potential we see and we hear in these words of Christ And we would be so wide-eyed, except that in our lives, in our lives, we just don't seem to see it. Our Lord certainly said it, but in our lives, we just don't seem to see it. For whatever it is that we ask, we certainly do ask Him in prayer, but the undeniable fact is that what we, for what we ask in prayer, it's not always given to us. And think of the things for which you pray. Things for which all of us pray, perhaps for the spiritual health of, or well-being of, of a long-time friend of yours. You'd love for him to come to church that, so that he could benefit from the same God-given grace that you do by God's word and God's sacrament. For that matter... You'd love to see many more people here in the pews each and every week, packed to the gills here, benefiting, people benefiting from God's freely given gifts, and and we ask for this. 
Or you love to see your friend or a, a, or a loved one leave behind a lifestyle that's not at all consistent with his stated Christian convictions. And about this you've prayed and you've prayed. And though you've prayed, there's been no evident change at all. Or perhaps it's for physical healing that you've asked, but things have only gotten worse since you started praying. And at the present, things don't look so good for the future. Or maybe your prayer has been for relief of real strain on the pocketbook lately. You've prayed perhaps for a raise, promotion at work, but instead you get the news that now your very job lies in jeopardy. And at worst, you could lose it. At best, your benefits are going to be, or your pension is going to be cut back a bit. Have you prayed for a companion, for a, a good Christian companion with whom you can share your days, and, and yet you find yourself still, after many, many prayers, still praying the same prayer? For whatever it is you ask, the truth is that it's not always given as we would ask. Well, what about that sky's the limit, that so open-ended promise of our Lord in the text? Didn't he say whatever? Didn't he say whatever you ask? Doesn't he always live up to his word? Well, indeed, he said it. And be certain that he always lives up to his word. And that's why it's essential that we carefully consider his words, all of his words. Because you see, so often when we would consider these sayings of our Lord, these couple, indeed, that serve as our text, we would perhaps get so caught up in the potential that we neglect all of the words in the text. And there are three, three small words, but three very, very significant words at the heart of this text that define this text for us, that define his promises to us, that qualify them to us and for us. You recall those words? Truly, truly, he said, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. In my name. We so easily forget the hinge upon which the promises of our Lord turn. In my name. Praying in Jesus' name. Whether we'd say it aloud in faith at the end of our prayers or it's simply understood silently as we pray, silently in faith. Praying in Jesus' name ensures us this. It ensures us that the Father hears our every prayer. Scripture tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, that's Christ Jesus. And in Christ and through Christ, and for the sake of Christ Jesus, his life perfectly lived, his death a perfect sacrifice. It's the only way our prayers don't simply fade into the vastness and emptiness of space. It's the only way that our prayers are received by the one true God, through Christ. And we certainly don't deserve that God would be attentive to our requests, do we? Luther put it well in a small catechism, maybe... You remember it from memorization in your years of catechetical training. He writes in one of the petitions in the explanations of the Lord's Prayer. We certainly are not worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. 
but we ask that God would grant them all to us by grace. And in fact, the sinners that we are, even given this privilege to pray that we have and that he's freely given us, so often we've not prayed consistently as we, as we should pray. And often when we do pray, often it's our prayers switching on like an automated security system. In an automated security measure, when all of our own best efforts have failed to bring about what's most desired to us. As we pray in Jesus' name, we, we do so realizing that indeed we deserve not even to be heard. But we know, and know it well, that for certain, because of Christ, the Father will not look upon our sins, nor will he deny our prayers because of those sins. But praying in Jesus' name, it also implies that our prayers would be consistent with what Jesus would want for us. Praying in Jesus' name is not necessarily the open-ended, sky's-the-limit sort of formula that we might wish for it to be. Praying in his name is praying our prayers with the Christian caveat, according to your will, O Lord. I'm going to ask this, and I'm going to ask it, that you grant it according to your will. Lord Jesus is not going to bring to his Father a request that he knows well wouldn't be good for us, a request that he simply couldn't put his name on. Nor would his loving Father grant what he knows would not be the best thing for us as children. You think about that for a moment. Would God really be a loving Father? If he did give us in this world whatever it is we set our minds and hearts to, Sky's the limit. Fathers and mothers, you already know the answer to the question. You already know the answer to the question because you yourself have responded to many a child's requests. You know that a parent's response to his child's request must often be no. No, or not yet. Why? Because you love your child too much to give him whatever he asks. If I, have, as, a, as a father, would give my children all the things that their little minds and hearts so fancied and the things for which they'd asked, would that be loving? If I were to give them their ladders to climb high, or their swords, real swords, Dad, to fight in their battles, power tools to work, sweets at all hours of the night and day, would that be loving? It's like little William. Little William, little William wanted very much the new shiny pair of scissors his mother had just purchased at the drugstore. He saw how well they could cut. Surely he had all kinds of things to cut. They were sharp, they were strong, they were right there sitting right in front of him, just out of his reach in a holder on the countertop. And he imagined, as he looked at him, how he imagined how happy he would be with those shiny scissors in his life. He imagined all the fun things he could do, all the fun he could have with them, all the good he could do with them. But his mother, she wouldn't allow him to have them. The desire of his little heart, and she wouldn't allow him to have it. But he didn't understand. William didn't understand. He couldn't see, you see, the potential harm 
He could only see the appeal of these things. But his mother, his mother, she wouldn't allow it for him. She loved him. She knew, in fact, how unhappy his life would be if he were to get a hold of that very sharp pair of scissors. And he asked, and repeatedly and repeatedly he asked her, and her answer, her answer was no, William, no. And he would beg sometimes, and he would plead, sometimes even bringing himself to his knees, he would to make his request, but his mother's answer was always the same. No, William. William couldn't see it. He wouldn't see it until one day when he too would be a father. He would understand that his mother simply loved him too much to give him what his heart so desired. Children of our Heavenly Father, God loves you too much to give you whatever your heart desires. Remember what our Lord's answer to Paul was? Paul, whose scripture says, pleaded three times and more with the Lord, that the Lord would take this thorn in the flesh from him. What that thorn was, it's hard to say. And I think perhaps the Holy Spirit left it ambiguous so we could fill in the blank. But three times and more Paul asked the Lord to take this, this thorn in the flesh from him, but the Lord's answer remained the same. No, Paul. No, I love you too much, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Hold this promise before you too, as you ask for whatever, and ask for whatever. And he'll either give you what you ask for, or he'll give you the grace sufficient to live life without it. Martin Luther once was preaching on the words of our text, and he gave us something to think about. He said this, he said, Here you ask, how can this promise really be true at all times if God often does not grant our prayers? Did he not let David plead in vain for his son's life? He writes, I have often said how prayer must be formulated. We must not stipulate for God the measure, the term, the manner, the place, or the person. No, we must leave this to his knowledge of what he should give and what is useful for us. And our Father knows best. He knows best, for as Christ Jesus himself said, and you fathers and mothers too, you know it well, what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone, Christ said. Or if he asks for a fish to eat, would give him a serpent? If you then, Jesus said, if you being evil by birth and nature know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to you who ask him? My friends, think of the greatest thing of all that our Father freely has given to us. Without our even asking for it, he gave it. Scripture proclaims of the Father he spared not his own son. He spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. He loved us far too much to see us go eternally without. And so he gave his only son up to the sinner's cross, to the sinner's death. He did it for us that whosoever believes in him and in his work shall not perish, but have everlasting life and have it to the full. And that's why scripture continues 
In this way he, we heard, spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all. So how will he not with him freely give us all things that are needful to you? And so by all means, ask for whatever, but always do so in Christ's name. In every prayer, he is our confidence. Christ and the Holy Spirit interceding for us, those who know our needs better than we do, interceding with our loving Father for us, graciously receiving our prayers, and yet at the same time graciously ignoring the requests we make that would prove less than the best for us if they were to be granted. So that's our confidence. As St. John writes in his first epistle, now this is the confidence we have in him, that if, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears you. And he will indeed give you what's best, for he loves you too much give you anything less. In his name, amen.
prayer for Christ's sake, and that he'll give to us what according to his will he knows is best for us and for our well-being. We pray now for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their need. We pray. For God's church throughout the world, that as we continue to wait for Christ's return, we may daily show love to one another even as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church's bold public confession, both near and far, that the Lord would bless the proclamation of his word, that he would bless his people with faithful pastors and pastors with people eager to receive them and the word that they bear. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the confession of Christ in our individual lives, that the Holy Spirit would open the mouths of all Christians to confess faith in Christ Jesus, and cause our lives to cross paths with those who need the one thing that is needful above all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for the people of the world and their governments, in particular for our own nation, that God would grant wisdom and impartiality to our president and lawmakers and judiciary, that our leaders may wisely protect us from both the lawless and the loveless acts of greed and terror and violence. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that Almighty God would bless our military personnel as they work to bring peace and stability to war-worn and war-torn regions of the world, that they be kept in safety and serve with honesty and integrity, and that through the chaplains who faithfully minister unto them, they might be kept in the faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all people in need, including the homebound of our congregation, the ill, including Judith Meredith, the cousin of Hugh Ryan, who has been diagnosed with inoperable cancer, for the emotionally tried, the despairing, the grieving, that until the day when we no more know this world's mourning or crying or pain, our gracious Lord would send comfort and strength and promised grace sufficient through word and sacrament, that all who suffer and grieve here below may be sustained and upheld until heaven above. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who encounter the transitions of life, including transitions from school to work or unmarried life to married from one age to the next, from parenting to a vacant home, that they would expect from the Heavenly Father's strength for the day to face each transition, and that he'd provide faithful friends who would share the love of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We give thanks with all who note anniversaries of marriage or baptism or who mark special anniversaries of birth, including Vic Small, who celebrates his 80th, that we would all remember the abundance of God's goodness and return due thanksgiving in all seasons of life for his kindness to us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for all who receive Christ's body and blood this day in the Holy Supper that receiving the meal in faith, those who approach his altar may be strengthened in faith and encouraged in love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And we give thanks for all the departed faithful who now rest from their labors. We pray that God would keep us and preserve his saints in this world, that on the day of his return, he would bring us to join the new Jerusalem above and receive the heritage that has been prepared and kept for us from eternity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy.
Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, and most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. And therefore, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, and with angels, and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, Lord. 